Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. Invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, maybe you don't fully understand this, but our Lord is inviting you here today to the wedding feast of the Lamb and his kingdom. That's right. Right here and right now. A reminder of his invitation is the small bell in our steeple called the Mercy Bell. Engraved on this bell are the words of Jesus, quote, I have not called the righteous but sinners to repentance. The Mercy Bell tolls for sinners, for you and me, gently inviting all of us to the wedding feast of the Lamb and his kingdom that has no end. Listen. Can you hear it? Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come, for they didn't have ears that hear. Their ears were tuned in to someone or something else. They weren't listening, and yet the call to repentance, the call from God to receive the forgiveness, life, and peace that he won for all through his suffering, death, and resurrection goes out. Now is the day of salvation. Ever since our Lord's suffering, death, resurrection, ascension into heaven, now is the day that he gently calls us sinners into his church to receive his forgiveness, his life, his peace that surpasses all understanding. Again, he sent other servants, Jesus' parable, saying, tell those who are invited, see, see, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready, but they paid no attention went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. Well, who are these servants? Well, it's the prophets of the Old Testament who proclaimed the grace and mercy of God. It's the apostles who proclaimed this grace and mercy of God, and you know how many of the prophets were killed? All of the apostles except one were killed. Why? Because they invited people to receive the mercy of God. They invited people to, see, to receive the mercy of God. And this call is still going out through your pastors, but also through you, members of the priesthood of all believers. And you need to know that often people aren't going to pay attention 
They might even be mean to you and call you a bigot because you believe in the love of God that comes to us in Jesus Christ, even though that makes no sense. As part of the priesthood of all believers, you are called as well to make known, as we say, the love of Christ, right? And I think it's beautiful in our early childhood center how our little children can't wait to make that known. Even to their pastors, as we go over there, got one new one in class or in school, 3K. She goes, Pastor, Pastor, did you know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins? And that he rose from the dead? Did you know that? Yeah, isn't it great? Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. It's wonderful, Pastor. And then she'll say that a couple more times before I leave. But I think that's beautiful, don't you? Don't you? What Jesus is talking about in his parable is an indifference to the Word of God. It's like people who have no relationship with God don't pay any attention to him. It's kind of like when you get in the mail, some junk mail, right? And you're like, invitation of this, that, or the other, and you, you don't know them, so you, you just throw it away, right? It's people who don't know God, and they're indifferent toward him. And then there's people who do know him, and, and they're just too busy. There are more important things to do, right? More important things. Really? This is a warning from our Lord himself. Don't spend all your time on the things that don't matter, on worthless idols. Look to me, I'm the source of your, your life and your salvation. I've come to forgive your sins. I've come to have mercy. Out there in the world, there's no mercy. They'll get rid of you as soon as you don't agree with them. Our Lord, he is patient and kind. He keeps no record of wrongs. He gets rid of the wrongs. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's who God is. You're too busy for that? And then in this text, it's, it's amazing, right? There are those who, who hate the king. And so they see this opportunity as these servants are coming, the prophets, the apostles, the pastors, and even the priesthood of all believers today. There are those who kill us for confessing Jesus Christ because they hate God. And they want him dethroned. They hate him. Now I think about that. And I think about how, you know, there are some people who, like, won't go to the president, you know, after a winning maybe a, a Super Bowl or an a NBA championship. They won't go and, and accept the invitation of the president because they don't like a particular president. I don't care who it is. There are, that's the kind of way it works today. Maybe that's kind of what's going on here. But even worse, if you genuinely hate the king, you seek to get rid of him by whatever means possible. I'm not going to share with you the gore of, of how awful it can get, but we see it being played out right now, right? In Israel, the killing of human beings, even little infants, 
in horrific ways? Do you see how, how awful humanity is and has become because of the fall? And all of us fall short of the glory of God. You see what sinful humanity is capable of there. All of us. The only antidote to all of that is our God who comes to us in Jesus Christ not to destroy us, even for things like that, but to have mercy, to give us his life, and to take his death into himself. It says in the parable that the king was angry, right? And he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Well, in the end, isn't that what happens? The wages of sin is? Without God and Christ, that's our fate. That's our fate. So then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Why? They were cold-hearted. In other words, they're dead in their trespasses and sins. These people had lost their humanity. And really all of us have, right? What does Jesus say? Out of the heart comes murder, theft, adultery, all of those things that tear down, that destroy. Why go there? Why go there? So Jesus says about those who who just won't receive it, who are cold to it, who just want nothing to do with it, he said, okay. He says to the servants, go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding pieces, Feast as many as you can find. So those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. Both those who were maybe considered the pillars of their community and and those who were all messed up and who were maybe horrific in what they had done to other people and to themselves. The mercy is for everyone. The mercy is for every tribe, nation, and people, no matter how horrific it gets among us. Now is the day of salvation. Now you can turn in repentance and faith and receive forgiveness. The mercy bell tolls for sinners, no matter where they're from. Whether they're Hamas, Israelis, Arabs, Americans. That's what this means. No one is righteous. No, not one. We all deserve to have paid to us the wages of our sin, which is death. But God comes because he doesn't want that for us. He doesn't want that for any of us. The wedding hall we hear was filled with guests. Filled. Filled with all people of every era, tribe, and nation. Filled. We see a picture of that in Revelation. You can't even count them. Such is the mercy of God. There's nothing more beautiful than that. But when the king came in to look at the guests, says he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. 
He had no wedding garment. You know, in those days, you, you had to wear the proper attire, and the king would give you the attire so that you could receive these gifts that he was there to give. Shakespeare, I think, was the one who shared the thought, and later Mark Twain, he's the one who coined the phrase, remember this, the clothes make the man? Well, you were clothed with Christ, the man, the human being as we human beings were meant to be, and he clothes you with himself when you were baptized into Christ. You now share his humanity. He clothes you with his righteousness, as we sang about in the psalm, even in the intro today. Everything that belongs to him now belongs to you. Everything that the Son of God is owed, he gives to you. We are all children of God now, through the love and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. But this guy, who was without the wedding garment, he didn't think he needed that. And maybe there's some people here today who are gathered with us who don't think they need the love and the mercy of God, that they think maybe, well, I'm better than the other guy, at least I don't do that, right? Well, <laughs> you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and if you're not, there's no grace for you except in Jesus Christ. And he's offering you his grace. He's offering you to live in your baptism in the way of repentance and faith through the forgiveness of sins. And we need his forgiveness. All of us do, even your pastors, every single minute of every single hour of every single day of our lives. And that's what our Lord comes to bring. But that guy, he had no wedding garment. So what is said, friend, how did you get in here? without a wedding garment. And the man was speechless. To be speechless is to be without a wedding garment. So really, he's speechless in regard to confessing his sins. He doesn't think he needs to. And he's speechless in regard to confessing his faith in Jesus Christ. He doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. You see? If we don't see we have a problem, we don't see the need of a Savior. He was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness, the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's that place like? It's a place where our wants and needs are never satisfied. And God and others are forever hated. You know, someone who's bitter, who just has that terrible outlook in life because they didn't get what they want and they don't see the need to turn away from that because that's, that's a dead end, right? But our Lord wants you to repent and receive the antidote to everything that's wrong with you. He doesn't want you bitter, spewing out hate-filled speech. He wants you rejoicing in the blessings that you have in Jesus Christ. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is here, right here and now. You can access all of the grace and mercy of God, so why be bothered? Nothing and no one can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What could make you more happy or joyful than that? No need to be bitter, even when someone treats you lousy when you don't deserve it. Because they treated him that way, and what does he do? He just loves them even more. And that's what we're called to do in Christ. Many are called, Jesus says, but few are chosen. 
Now, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Who are those chosen? They're those who believe, who receive his gifts on this mountain. And the prophet Isaiah talks about that, doesn't he? On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make a feast of rich food. There it is. A feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of moral, of aged wine well-refined. And what will happen? He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all the nations. He will swallow up death forever. And in the end, we just get a taste of this right now, but in the end, we get the, the, full, mo- the full meal. And what will happen then in the end? God will wipe away all tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people will, he will take away from the earth For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day by you, by me, by those saints who have gone before us. Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us, what? Be bitter? No. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. In closing, the mercy bell is still ringing for you today, inviting you to the feast of victory for our God, and it will continue to ring for you until you die or until our Lord comes again in glory. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As Robert Fark Pond reminds us, The only reason that judgment comes into it at all is the sad fact that there will always be dummies who refuse to trust a good thing when it's handed to them on a platter. Or as Pastor Brent Kuhlman puts it, quote, to be included is by God's grace, his gift to you. To be excluded is entirely your doing, your refusal, your turning away. He will compel you He will lavish his gifts upon you, put the wedding suit on you, seat you at his table and feed you, but he won't force you to stay. The guests at this Good Friday wedding feast of the Lamb's table are free. They are not imprisoned. This is not a penitentiary. You are invited. You are clothed. The feast is ready. Come, rehearse and practice your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.